Ethos New York Nick Podcast, Andre Galber. A lot of y'all, y'all see the Nets and you see a team. Oh, they're a bad team. This is an automatic win, blah, blah. People who talk like that are not giving, they're giving fan analysis. They're not giving actual analysis, right? You know that the Nets play hard against the Nets, all right? Guys like Mikhail Bridges playing against all his old teammates and friends. Guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, who it's rumored, there are rumors that there are people in that organization that think that Dinwiddie is like on protest in <laughs> how he's playing. And I agree with it. I agree with it, by the way. Dinwiddie has a whole nother gear. You can say that you don't think he's that good. You can Whatever you want to say, he has a whole nother gear offensively. And you've not seen it this year. And he's one of those net players that is kind of a Nick troll on Twitter. So he used to love to troll the Nick, the Knicks when he was with KD and and uh, Kyrie. He used to love to troll the Knicks, right? So you know he wants to beat this team. He used to troll the Knicks on Twitter, troll the Knicks fans on Twitter. You know he wants to beat this team. You know it. You know he does. But you don't see him playing with that kind of fire and desire in this game. And none in any of these games, frankly, when the Knicks and Nets play. So you tell me, you want to tell me that he's out there playing on strike, you know, not playing his game, maybe because he doesn't like what the coaches are telling him. The coaches are telling him to take it down a notch or something like that offensively, kind of pulling what Kobe did, one of the one of the bad moments in Kobe's career, I should say, when he didn't shoot the ball in the second half of the playoff game which was kind of outrageous, it was an outrageous. No matter what you want to say about Kobe, that was outrageous, an outrageous thing to do. That said, then when he's out there, it's kind of coasting offensively. You can't tell me that that story about him being our strike is not true. Anyway, you guys see this Brooklyn team and you think it's an easy win on the schedule. I First of all, I don't care if it's Detroit, San Antonio. You name the poor team in the league, Charlotte. And I know the Knicks are probably going to get their best effort. I know it, especially when it comes to the Nets. I know that they're going to get the Nets' best effort. And for a team with that many shooters, a team that can spread the floor at all five positions, something they should probably do more often, frankly, even though Claxton had a good game. It is going to be a grind more often than not. Cam Johnson always has a beef against the Knicks as well. So I see this team on the schedule. I'm nervous. The rest of y'all are all cocky. Oh, it's another win. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm nervous. A bunch of wing defenders playing hard, switching everything. I'm nervous. And what happens? They got to come back in the fourth quarter to win this game. And while some of you, because you created this narrative that this should have been an easy game, are going to be disappointed in the effort and disappointed in the game, even though it's a win, and are going to be writing missives about how poor the Knicks are and how the second unit is not good enough and blah, 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 blah. I look at this game and I say, in the fourth quarter, they turned it up 
another gear to win this game. And that's what good playoff teams do. That's what that next tier, you have teams that have potential to be competitive. You have teams that are competitive. And that's the tier the Knicks are trying to get out of. And then you have the teams that are serious. You are playoff competitive. You are have a chance to beat better teams in a seven-game series competitive. And that's the tier the Knicks are trying to get to right now. Or I should say are at right now. A game like this is what shows you that they might be in that tier. Even against a bad team. Turning it up in the fourth quarter. Turning up your effort. I would say turning up your execution. I would say that about Randall. Not necessarily true for everyone else. Because defensively they made some mistakes. But turning up the hustle. Winning time and stepping up. That's what that's what those playoff competitive teams do. And that's what this game showed me. I got I had to comment on a, a Cavalier Twitter profile who was laughing at Nick fans for thinking the Cavaliers were the same Cavalier team that they were last year. And I had to acknowledge that he's right. They're not, they aren't, they aren't. But one of the reasons why they're not is because of something I pointed out last year and before. I say that, let me bring up why this is important. The Knicks do not want to play the Cavs in that first round. The Cavs desperately want revenge for that series last year. Desperately. You saw that in the back-to-back earlier in the year, the home-and-home. They beat the Cavs on the road. Donovan looked like he was going to cry. If you read all of the comments post-game and pre-game, they desperately wanted to beat the Knicks that game. And then they came back the next day with a skeleton crew and beat the Knicks at the Garden. The worst game of the season for several reasons. One of which is they have to play, they might have to uh, do a tiebreaker with the Cavs by the end of the season for home court advantage. And that's that's a game the Knicks should have won. There's a revenge factor with the Cavs when it comes to the Knicks. They were embarrassed in that series. But one of the reasons why they lost that series was something I brought up. And I've been, I was dismissed at the time when I said it. And I said it last year. Is they are not going to win with Mobley and Allen. It's not because they have two bigs. It's because they have two bigs that do not spread the floor. If you're going to have two bigs that do not spread the floor, then you better dominate other bigs. You better dominate big man play at the four and five position because that's where your advantage is. Because you are taking away an advantage in other areas of the floor that other teams would have, which is spreading the floor and keeping the lane open. You're, you don't have that advantage. So you create an advantage by big boying people in the paint. But when they played the Knicks, they could not do that. So you played two bigs with an advantage that's supposed to be big boy play in the paint and did not have it. So what's the advantage? You don't have one. It's a net loss. They can't win like that. They're not going to beat anybody in the playoffs like that. I said you had to move one of them. People scoffed at me. They said that they didn't think that was true. Now you see Mobley is hurt, and you got Niang out there spreading the floor and giving you a lot of the toughness of the power forward position that you that you had or maybe didn't have with Mobley. Are there things that Mobley does that Niang can't? Sure. Is Mobley a better player? Yes, allegedly. But for what that team needs, Niang is giving it to him. He allows him to spread the floor. 
And now you're seeing the dynamic three-level scorer in Donovan Mitchell have the entire floor, the open lane to deal with. Spread the floor, hitting shooters. You have you have Merrill out there shooting lights out, weaponized shooting from the three-point line. They are missing an all-star in Garland, and they have not missed a beat. Now, I don't think they can get very far without Garland, but I do think they can get farther without Mobley. And that might be that might blow your minds because Mobley is such a Incredible player, everyone thinks, right? They are better if they trade Mobley and get somebody else and maintain the spacing at the four position than they would if they brought Mobley back and still tried to be fake big boy tough in the paint in the playoffs against other teams that will annihilate them again because they're just they just don't have it. But the thing about the Cavs is the Cavs have a revenge factor against the Knicks, and the Knicks don't want to play them, especially with giving them home court advantage. Donovan is not going to let go of that rope. He desperately wants to beat the Knicks. Grew up a Knicks fan. Mad that he didn't get a chance to get traded here. He wants to beat the team. He wants to. He desperately wants it. The Knicks have to. Number one, they have to get bigger or stronger at their shooting guard backup playmaking, we'll say, position on this team. If they have any hopes of advancing in the playoffs, quite frankly, Especially if you want to beat the Cavs. Especially. And the Cavs, on the other hand, if they go into a playoff series with Mobley and Allen, I think they're, they're holding themselves back. On the flip side, if they trade Mobley and upgrade their roster, they can get a big-time player, and then they would actually be title contenders. And the Knicks, no matter what they do, they'll be up against it going up against the Cavs with the revenge factor and improved spacing and a big-time player they brought in because they moved Mobley. Or Garland. I don't think Garland is a big issue for them. But if they move Garland and brought in a, a, a shooting guard with size, that's, that in and of itself would be an issue. But why would you move Garland? It's not about moving Garland. It's about moving Mobley. It's about in, improving the schematics of your offensive attack without losing anything defensively. And that's what they would do if they made a real smart move and moved him. But even if they didn't, if they didn't, I would still not feel good in that playoff series that's a first round loss staring you in the face after a good season that would be a disaster for the knicks a first round playoff loss after all of this get out of this series you do not want to play that Cavs team and if you do you want that home court advantage i know you guys think the 76 is all world and Embiid is all world and he is i'm not afraid of the 76 is in a regular season i think the 76 ers have had a cupcake schedule for most of the year and some of those losses might start mounting up, and it'll give the chance the Knicks, Knicks a chance to catch up since the Knicks played a tougher schedule than they they did, and quite frankly, a tougher schedule than Milwaukee did. Milwaukee's about to switch up coaches. Might be a transition period there. Knicks might have a chance to, to gain ground on them as well. Less of a chance, but the Sixers, I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how you slice it. All I know is... You don't want to play the Cavs in the first round. Stop being so cocky and confident. It's the same thing with Brooklyn. There's no basketball analysis in that. You don't want to play the Cavs in the first round. And especially since Mobley, if Mobley comes back and the Cavs don't do anything, if they're foolish and they don't do anything, the Cavs are going to start taking a step back. I don't care what no one says. So the Knicks got a couple tough games coming up. They got to keep holding down the fort without Hartenstein, holding down the fort with that second unit until they get some help in here. Let's get to some Doofus Chronicles. I haven't done that in a while. This is perfect. 
Here's this guy that said the Knicks are an average team when Jalen Brunson is on the floor. I thought that was I thought that was cute. <laughs> what team is not an average team without their best player on the floor? You gotta you gotta reach hard. You gotta reach real hard to find a team that's not an average team without their best player on the floor. You gotta reach so hard. Don't even bother. Don't even bother trying to nitpick and find me, trying to find a way for me to be wrong. No, no, no. Hey, you guys have to do, see, here's the thing, right? Let's not, let's not play around with the semantics of it, right? What they're trying, what he's trying to say is what we all know is the Knicks need help on the bench, (laughs) right? And and that that Randall can't carry the team by itself, but that's like water is wet. Nobody, you know, it, he's not their best player, so the second best player on any team can't carry the team by itself, more than likely, right? But the team needs bench help. Everybody knows it. Stop trying to find different ways to say it. Try stop trying to sound smart, and keep complaining about the same things over and over and over and over and over and over again. Then everyone knows the Knicks need bench help. It's it's well documented. The Knicks are not waiting to make a trade. They're searching for opportunities. They have offers on the table. Two teams have to be involved. The other teams are not moving the guys they want. Period. Period. The Roger did, Knicks weren't interested. You can be mad, but they weren't. Just ridiculous. Right? Doofus Chronicles. All of you that did not want to let go of Obi Toppin. And I feel, I feel badly for Obi, who I like a lot as a, as a person. I think he's a good person from what I could tell. Right? And I think he has, you know, he, I liked him here. He has his flaws, but I liked him. He works. He works hard. He tries. Pepper guy. Okay. How you could not see that Ob Toppin was nothing more than a backup is beyond reason to me. How you can look at Ob Toppin with the Pacers this year? And think that he was doing anything other than performing like a backup. It is perplexing to me. For a large portion of the season, and I've seen some nice rebound numbers recently, he was averaging three rebounds. He is a starting power forward. There were stretches of games where Obi Toppin was being benched in the fourth quarter. During the in-season tournament, and I brought it up in the show, they played him the entire third quarter quarter one game just so they didn't have to play him in the fourth. He is a defensive sieve. I don't know why. I don't. He's too straight up and down in his build, maybe. I don't get it. It's like he's not there. It's like he's a ghost defensively. He's he's like he's there, but he's not there. He gets rotations wrong. He doesn't stop anybody. It's tragic it is the reason why he is not in a starter i think and i said this on the show i think you should probably start him as small forward and some of you are like oh why would you start he doesn't play defense well if he doesn't play defense at power forward he doesn't play defense at small forward what's the difference what's the difference 
What's the difference? If that's the reason, what's the difference? He has the speed. He has the quickness. He doesn't have the ability to defend. Right? <laughs> so it doesn't matter if he's at the power forward or the small forward. He's still going to screw up defensively. It's just that his other deficiency, rebounding, is less an issue when he is at the small forward and you have a stronger power forward. His other, his other weakness, which is paint defense, you know, he's a poor defensive player, but paint defense is really poor. Right, he does get some blocks every now and uh, every now and then. Right now, but he's not. You don't want him in or around the basket, trying to defend. If you take him away from the four spot, you'll have less of those opportunities. Keep him on the perimeter. He actually contests shots pretty decently. It's just. Nobody cares that he's contesting. It's, it's the weirdest thing. People hit shots in his face all the time, right? But I would much rather have Obi Toppin on the perimeter than have Obi Toppin uh, below the free throw line extended defensively. You don't want him to have to rotate at the front of the rim because he can't stop anybody. I think the fundamental flaw in how Tibbs managed Obi Toppin wasn't in not playing a small lineup with Randall and Obi. It was in him not playing Obi as small forward, especially when injuries hit the Knicks in Obi's last season. Obi and Randall at power at power forward and in center, that's not going to work. Both of them are too, they're not strong defenders, right? And Randall is not a strong uh, paint defender. He's just not. You you don't want to have him and Randall being the last line of defense. You just don't. You don't. Okay? Period. But I thought they should have tried him on the wing. I think it's... Now, you might nitpick with me and say, oh, this is not a big difference between small forward and punt, but there is one. There is one. I'd much rather see... I'd much rather see Obi Toppin have to be on a perimeter trying to guard people than have him around trying to rotate at the front of the rim. I think his effort will provide as much, or I should say, more defensive resistance on the perimeter than it would at the front of the rim. Yes, people are going to drive by him sometimes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather, I'd rather Obi Toppin chasing people's hip, trying to contest him at the front of the rim from behind, then have Obi Toppin sliding over to rotate defensively as the low man and giving up dunks and corner threes in consecutive on <laughs> consecutive possessions. So I think the I think the fundamental flaw in how Obi Toppin is being looked at is the fact that he's not a power forward. Is that a huge deal? No, it's not a huge deal. It's not. It's not a huge deal, but I do think it would add some value to what he does. And there is value to what he does. There's just not starting power forward value. So use fools who wanted an all-NBA 13 guy to not play so that he can start at power forward. Stop giving your Nick opinions. They are trash. They are trash. 
I don't care what you think of Julius Randle. I don't care if you hate his turnovers. You hate what he does. He doesn't show up in the playoffs. Blah, 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 blah. You wanted to replace him with a backup power forward who is no longer wanted by the team that just traded for him. And I see you people out there still not wanting to let go. You don't want to let go. Oh, you, you, it's just that, you know, they brought in a better player in Siakam and it's just he's expendable. Well, why don't he just back up Siakam if they like him so much? If they like him so much, he could just back up Siakam then. Then we could just laugh at the fact that he's still a backup power forward, the same backup power forward that we told you he was. But they don't even want him to play the backup power forward. They're trying to win. They're trying to win. That's what the Knicks were trying to do when they traded him. Trying to win. Now the Pacers want to win too, so they want to trade him too. Just say you're wrong. Just say you're wrong. Stop it. Stop the nonsense. At Sports Ethos. At Ethos Knicks. Until next time. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>